Styles News and Updates account, Caroline. And I'm the followers that she bought for her Harry Styles News and Updates account, Adiel. And you're tuning in to Bottoms on Top. We're happy to have you. I cannot believe we've made it this far, Adiel. I'm very shocked. I, I... should be dead. <laughs> we should not be alive right now. We should not. We should have been canceled first episode. Mm-hmm. So many sacrifices have been made. 2019 was quite a year. 2019 was a crazy year. I feel like I've learned. Everyone's always like, you know, every year, like, oh, I learned a lot about myself. But I did. I think I have. Like, le- like every year in college, I feel like I've learned more and more about everything. Mm-hmm. And made so many friends. Met so many people. Many gays. Yes. I've completely eliminated straight people from my life. <laughs> which is a goal that there I've had go. for a long time. That's, you're living life. (laughs) Same for me. I honestly feel like this was the year when I really made the most out of Instagram and met so many people from all around the world and met a lot of people who I'd been following for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like this was a really weird, I feel so much more connected to people as Ah, of this year. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. Yeah. I feel like for a while, like... This is, like, going back to my childhood, like, in high school, everyone's always like, how did you become, like, Twitter, quote-unquote, like, popular, famous, whatever? I was always like, well, I went to Tumblr and Twitter as a necessity because I had no friends in real life. So, like, I literally had nothing else to do except go on the internet and make and find friends there. So, being on there and meeting all these people, that's kind of how I, like, grew my personality. Mm -hmm. And in high school, everyone was always like, oh, like, you're so different from online. Like, in real life, you're so shy. You're such a, like, you know, innocent-looking person girl whatever but then online you're like zane come fuck me in the ass like da 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 like harry i want your you know whatever and i always felt so strange when people would say that to me because i'm like i know that's like in my head i know mm-hmm. like that's my personality but like in real life like i didn't have anyone that i was close enough to to express that in a way and i also feel like i was not as comfortable in real life with myself mm. that i was kind of like hiding behind a screen whatever but now i've like grown so much to the point where it's like my Twitter and my personality in real life are the exact same thing. Yeah, that's so what I was going to say is your online presence mirrors or stems from what's actually happening to you in real life now. Yes. It's like something oh, would happen yeah. to you and then you would talk about it online. It's like, and you don't, like your life is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that it just naturally happens. <laughs> my life is so chaotic that, yeah. <laughs> Which is actually, yeah, that's actually a great observation. I appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, it used to be like, I guess like things I would wish that would be happening in my life. Mm. I tweet about People are always like, oh, what's your Finsta? And I'm like, I never had a Finsta because I'd tweet it to the world on a public Twitter account. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I feel like I completely missed that boat of Finsta because I already was on the boat from day one with Twitter kind yep. of thing. So it's kind of a strange, like, yeah, a little strange thing. I think, and also, is this the year that Instagram introduced close friends as a feature? <gasps> yeah. Oh, that actually is a huge thing. That was yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. And especially whenever you see someone, like, do close friends on Finsta, mm, you know you're getting you know. some tea. <laughs> like, you're getting something. Yeah, that's next level. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm also, for myself, really happy with growing closer to my identity in terms of seeing what I feel inside be more reflected in the outside community and, like, what's happening in media. Yeah, yeah. Like, Andreas, former Bottoms on Top host, turned me on to Food for Thought, which is a podcast run by four amazing queer people of color. Oh, word. And such a great structure for the podcast, first of all, and also just, like, all the topics that they're talking about. Super relatable and super informative if, like, you're like us and you're just, like, 
moving through the world, yeah. clueless. Yeah, literally stupid. <laughs> goofy. Don't know anything about anything. And that was really nice. Seeing media that is more informative and also celebrating highlighting mm-hmm. queer voices, like seeing makeup and those dating videos that were like drinking game with your ex, but between two guys or between uh, yeah, yeah. women or non-binary yeah. folks. Like that was so beautiful. Yeah, I think like YouTube this year just like took off even more kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think the past couple of years, YouTubing has been like, a new career but like even more this year like i would say my one thing this year that gained a lot of popularity that i started watching was jubilee oh, the channel yes. they won amazing diverse cast but their videos are so like informative and help to bring together many groups of people and show marginalized communities and just have a conversation and hear their perspective on anything which yeah. is like amazing and youtube picked up on it like last year the youtube a uh, year review video, whatever it was called, was so bad because they just took what they thought was good. <laughs> yeah, like Jake Paul. Jake Paul, <laughs> totally. It was so disgusting. And this year, their year in review video was literally just taking the most popular videos from the year. Oh, because I haven't they, watched it yet. They, said, they started out with saying last year was so bad. It was the most disliked video on YouTube ever. <gasps> but so they literally just made it what the most popular videos, like what the most influential new accounts were. And because they did that, it was so inherently celebrating queer voices because mm. of the makeup community, of like so many different communities. Yeah. So I love that. That's so amazing. And I also think, just to like promote you, mm-hmm. I think that I really appreciate how, how you observed me and my behavior. I think it's so amazing to watch you grow and see how involved you are in things. I feel like I've always admired that about you. Like I'm involved in jack shit and so like seeing you being able to balance like 20 different extracurriculars is so amazing i feel like we both are very like popular people in a way you know like we just know so many people and yours come from extracurriculars and being involved and like making a difference in people's lives and mine comes from twitter uh or also making a difference (laughs) lives. yeah literally i think it's really cool that you meet people through like in real life community mm-hmm. and bring people together. And I meet people from online community yeah. and the queer community and bring people together. And so like us coming together with this fucking podcast, like bringing everyone together is such an amazing kind of powerful tool. And I'm so grateful that we've been able to use this. And I feel like I sound like we're like dying in like two weeks, but like right. we have all <laughs> next semester to do this shit too. But yeah, I think it's really cool to like, See us all do this. I appreciate that for real. It has been a very difficult year. Like, let's admit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. very much like juggling a bunch of different forces all at once. Yeah. But I'm proud of the both of us. I'm really happy with how this year turned out. I hate being that bitch, but like the cheesy thing that's like everything happens for a reason. Yes. I really feel like that's true. And like, I'm such a big believer in fucking like karma of mm-hmm. like a cycle of stuff where I'm just like, if something bad happens to me, something good's going to happen later. You know what I mean? And, like, if you put out good into the world, like, good will come back kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, whoever's, like, meant to be in your life will be there. And whoever's not meant to be in your life will die. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's actually a good transition to the last thing I wanted to say, which is my New Year's resolution is just to touch more people's lives in a positive way Mm. than in any other way, you know? Yeah, which is, I think you're already on the track to do that with how many clubs and, like, extracurriculars and communities you're involved in. So I think you're on the way to do that. Um, What are your New Year's resolutions? I would say to kind of just nurture relationships that I haven't nurtured in a while, if that makes sense. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, like I want to go back and like closing out senior year, I would love to talk to people and hang out with people that I haven't hung out with necessarily in a while. Because I just love learning about new people and just like learning about their perspective, their life, their experiences. Because I have a habit of not, I'm always the bitch that just like waits for people to reach out to me. 
and I know that I'm bad at that. So sorry to everyone that I do that to, but like... Sorry to these men. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be a good New Year's resolution, like a habit to make of me reaching out first. Yeah. Kind of thing. I have a lot of imposter syndrome about not doing all the college things. Oh, me. And there's only one semester left to do it. So I Literally, feel pressure. I'm like, let me join Bloomers. Let me join. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing it. We got it. It's going to be a great 2020. And, yes. and it shows in this episode because I think we're going to have a really great array of guests and topics yes. that kind of just foreshadow how amazing and diverse 2020 is oh, going to be. Oh, yes. And I think in 2020, both of us can go together in that no straights will exist. None. Thank you. Yeah. There we go. All right, listeners. We'll catch you back soon with Gianna doing an ASMR segment. Listeners, today we have a very special guest for our ASMR segment, Gianna. Welcome to Bottoms on Top. Hi, glad to be here. I'm Gianna. Just a little bit about me. I'm a senior studying urban studies and computer science, and I am also the director of Bloomer's Band. Okay, so Gianna, I'm very curious about this because I just wanted to ask, why is ASMR so big right now? How did you get into it? Mm-hmm. Why are people getting into it? Well, I am, unlike Caroline, who has been watching ASMR forever, um, I'm a recent adopter of ASMR. I started watching about a year ago. Um, and personally for me, um, I have problems falling asleep. So that's reason number one. But two, it's great to have in the background while you're studying. But I think ASMR is so big right now, one, because it's a great meme. And two, because the production quality of ASMR videos over any other genre of YouTube video is, like, way higher. Like, they are just extremely well made. Yeah, I think that ASMR, I've, I don't really know anything about video production or anything like that. But I always see how expensive and how fancy the microphones are that they have. And I'm like, damn, like, they put some work into this. It's an expensive career. It's a career. It is. Wow. It's a career. Do you think that most ASMR people are on YouTube and that's how they're making their money? Or do you think they have other avenues? I mean, I think, like, sponsorship is becoming, like, a way bigger thing in the ASMR community. So it's definitely viable for people to have, like, a career through it. Like, obviously, we can't talk about ASMR with talking about one of the greats, Maria Gentle mm-hmm. Whispering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for her, like, I know that she, like got so much money from it that she was able to like move to California. She was like originally from Russia or something. That's very interesting because I don't watch ASMR YouTube, but I know that a lot of other YouTube artists and content creators are also becoming big on using the whole sponsorships thing. So that was our soft spoken segment, but now we can switch to normal, <laughs> normal voices. So I wanted to also ask who are your, some of your favorite ASMR artists that you would recommend to our audience? Um, obviously Maria's great. Um, I think some of the big names are like GB, but I think some of more lesser known ASMR artists are like Ardra ASMR. I don't know if you've heard of her, Mm. but she's like a graphics editor. So she like has a lot of visual elements incorporated Mm. into her ASMR. There is a person named River who often does ASMR in drag. Um, <gasps> River ASMR, Ooh. so I suggest this as well. Subscribing. <laughs> um, other names, Latte ASMR, I'll Be in Wonderland. Can I ask, off the top of your head, what is sort of the gender composition? Because a lot of the big names that I've heard are women YouTubers. Right. 
I think people often are scared to start watching ASMR or they feel weirded out by it because a lot of the content creators are women. And so they think it's going to be some weird porn thing mm. that is going to be weirdly sexualized um, because it's like a, a woman like basically taking care of you for the entire video. It's actually not that at all. The premise of most ASMR videos is like a female creator who is actually talking to like another woman like if it's often like makeup videos or doing your hair or styling you mm -hmm. and so it's like it's actually a much more wholesome and supportive community than people think it is wow mm -hmm. i first got into it when i stumbled upon one of maria gentle whispering's videos and she did a eye exam Mm -hmm. And I remember as a kid growing up, every time I would go to the eye doctor because I'm blind as fuck, <laughs> I would like be so relaxed by like getting the test done. Yeah. And then anytime I went to the doctor, anytime they would ask like routine like questions like cranial nerve exam, like just examining all that shit, I was always so like in a trance. But like oh, yeah. it just was so relaxing to me. So when I found those on YouTube, I was like, it would be like a role play. I was like, am I Am I creepy? Am I weird for doing this? But, like, realized that there was a whole community that felt the same way and got, like, the tingles or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, I feel like people's experience with ASMR is they actually often find that they have experienced it at a younger age. Like, getting mm -hmm. haircuts has always been, like, a very, like, pleasant experience for me. Is it okay if we back up a little bit? Because sure. I also want to know if either of you know about the science behind ASMR? Like, what does it even stand for? It's Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Yes. Wow. Which, I don't know what those words mean, but it's, the feeling is like a tingle in the back of, like, your neck, the back mm -hmm. of your head, and it kind of, like, goes up your spine, which sounds, like, weird and stuff. Like, whenever I first was trying to explain it, like, years ago to people, <laughs> I'd be like, y'all need to watch this shit. They'd be like, I that don't make no sense. Like, I don't want to watch that. Mm -hmm. But... It really is a helpful tool to fall asleep to and just, like, feel relaxed and not judged or anything. Like, I experienced tingles the first time I watched ASMR videos. I think because the qualities of the microphones are so good that it, it sounds like it's actually happening in real life. Mm. Like, if it's cutting hair close to your ears or something. But actually, the more you watch ASMR, you you can't feel tingles anymore. Yeah. So you get used to it. You exactly. get kind of um, conditioned. Exactly. So yeah, because usually I'll like watch a video over and over if I know that I like was super relaxed by it. And then after like two or three times of watching it, I'm like, this ain't doing it. This yeah. ain't hitting right anymore. <laughs> it's almost, it's honestly addictive. Like yes. people put out videos all the time. You will never, there's so many videos out there that you can never like finish. Like I watch it every day. That's so mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. I've never experienced tingles, but one of my friends told me to try out 8D, I think it's called, which is music that they tailor audibly to make it feel like if you're listening with headphones that it's like traveling around your head. <gasps> like you feel like you're in a room with the music oh. playing and it's like going around you. Oh, yeah. Like I tried it with God is a Woman last night and that was <laughs> ethereal. <laughs> God. I want to kind of do a non sequitur and transition to talking about this because I want to know how someone would respond to somebody telling you about, like, the parallels that they see between ASMR videos and porn. Yeah. Especially, like, POV porn. Yeah. I mean, I think in both, it's, like, you're in a place of vulnerability and, like, you're looking for the video to do something for you physically. Those similarities are there. Mm. But I think it comes from a very different place. Obviously, porn is, like, to derive pleasure. And I think... ASMR is to drive relaxation, 
but both of it is kind of like handing your body over to someone who is like, I'm going to take care of you. So there mm -hmm. are definitely similarities, but I think that's not about the content itself, but more about like vulnerability, like as people. That's deep. That's good. <laughs> wow. That's a good analysis. Like I think something that Maria often says in her videos, she's like, everyone just wants to be cared for. We're all stressed out all the time. Like sometimes you just want someone to take care of you. To transition a little bit, bringing in the gender dynamics, but then talking about sexual identity and orientation with that, I wanted to ask if that ever gets brought up for you while watching these sort of videos. One thing that's interesting is that I think a lot of ASMR premises are based on kind of women's rituals with each other, like doing makeup or styling you for prom or things like that. And I think these kind of rituals, when I experienced them and I was younger, actually gave me a lot of anxiety because like... I always felt like I was doing the whole woman thing wrong. And obviously much later, I realized that I'm just a dyke and that's why. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then also, I think these like kind of female rituals also feel like you're being invited into something that's very secret and like a shared history. So I think hearing ASMR from female ASMR artists that's directed towards women is always like a very strange experience for me because it kind of reminds me of that. Because, I mean, if we want to take a gender theory take on it, <laughs> like to be a lesbian is to be like an incorrect woman. So it's like, it's very, very interesting to see like my relationality to like women. But then also when ASMR artists do ASMR that's directed towards men, that's also interesting because there's some ASMR content that I can only get in those kinds of videos because like I have short hair. So the sound of like the buzzer on the back of my neck is like something that I can only watch in that video. And it's interesting to see like being treated as something other than a woman because that's how I feel like most straight women treat me. Mm. So it's it's just very interesting. So listeners, what we're going to do is Gianna has brought a few items into the studio. Caroline and I don't know what they are. We're going to close our eyes and she's going to give us a full ASMR fantasy. I'm hearing like scratching against wood. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm getting tingles. It sounds like you have a set, like a bunch of different pieces of I one do. thing. Yes. Keep going okay. with that. A toolbox? Yes. <gasps> I brought my toolbox. Oh my God. This is a gay podcast. You <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you own a toolbox. Well, that was good, Gianna. So we're going to test you now. Okay. Okay. First of all, great ASMR. Love this. Thank you. Sounds like nail polish. So you're tapping your nails against something that is hard. I do have nails, yes. <laughs> Roast. Um. I have to. I have to draw from my knowledge of Caroline as a person. <laughs> this is poppers. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. That was easy. Easy. Wow. <laughs> The other item I had was a vibrator. So I was going to guess that. Oh, my God. Okay. Cool. <laughs> More Caroline. Okay. Yep. So, Gianna, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Bottoms on Top. Welcome back, listeners. Today, we're going to be talking about basically how the year went, what 2019 was like, 
what happened in queer history, what happened on Twitter, and I could think of no person better to do this with us than Annabelle. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Annabelle Williams. I am a person with a Twitter account. (laughs) Um, Please follow me at Annabelle GW. I'm also the outgoing editor-in-chief of 34th Street Magazine, so a lot of my life is devoted to editing and collating all of these articles about pop culture, and, you know, I really, I like to keep up. So today we're going to be talking about what 2019 was like for the gays, and what better place to start than pop culture, So what are some pop culture moments from this year that stands out? This one's a little fresh in my mind, and I'm going to flex a little bit. So I love Kim Petras, and I got to interview her for Street. It was amazing. We got to speak on the phone in an interview that was hyping up her new project, Clarity, um, Mm. which I really loved. I listened to a lot this summer. It's like very tied with the the subway in New York for me. I'm so jealous. That's so, like so crazy. Jealous. Literally Penn interviewing fucking Kim Petras. She said mm-hmm. my name. Wow. And I was like, oh, me? Okay, I need to take a break. <laughs> I read it and it was very interesting. I liked the ways that you questioned sort of how the different eras of her music making went and where she was in her life at each point. I didn't really think about that when I was listening to her music. All I knew was like, She's a trans woman. She That was a big part of her identity, but mm-hmm. she didn't want that to be the biggest part of her music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when she put out, what was her first like big single? I don't want it at all. Yes. Yeah. And how she did the like neon face outline as opposed to like yeah. her. And the purpose was to like not make it about her identity as a trans woman, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. But the way that you further inquired about what it was like to just move to LA and shit like that. Yeah. Being an artist, that's so amazing. Yeah, I mean, she's from this tiny town in Germany, and I imagine it would have been a a big change. And I got this really good quote from her that I liked. She was like, my early singles were so much about glamour, but I was living in this shitty apartment with, like, three roommates and waitressing to make ends meet. And I always think it's interesting. Like, it's so hard to get your start, and we only see people once they've sort of passed a certain line, but mm-hmm. I always wonder how they how they got there. She's got to keep growing. Like, yeah. And I think that... I like the interview, too, because, like, listening to her music, it's not really, like, deep kind of shit. Like, it's yeah. literally just, like, let me do cock in the bathroom. <laughs> like, that kind of shit. Yes. But, Hardcore like, pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, hearing inspiration behind it and, like, her work ethic and stuff, I find really, really interesting to, like, see yeah. who she is as a person. Yeah. I'll be honest. It was also a hard interview to do because I have some qualms about her work with Dr. Luke. and T. Asking yeah. about that was... I mean, I'm going to level you. It was awkward. It was weird. And I thought she might hang up on me. But she didn't. She just sort of said, you know, I've said what I'll say about this. And I was like, okay. And she was also <laughs> um, like, you can read it online. Yeah. She literally was like, you can read it. Like, it's out there. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And, yeah. you know, I had obviously mm-hmm. read it before and I linked to it in the article. But I mean, it's hard. You just have to have those conversations. And it was hard for me to know whether I should even be covering it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I came to the right answer there, but... No, I think it's important for someone in your position to be addressing those sort of things, even if you can't answer the questions that you're asking. And I think it's also interesting how it intersects with a lot of the other things that are going on in the gay community. Like, Mm -hmm. I think last week, James Charles put out a video with Kesha, like doing Kesha's makeup. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was all about Rainbow and like the new era of her music and kind of moving on and becoming herself and how that plays out into makeup. And it's just all these weird intersecting worlds because just a few weeks ago... Kesha was on Twitter, like, kind of addressing celebrities directly to be like, I'm not being allowed to... Oh, no, it wasn't Kesha. It was Taylor Swift. I'm totally wrong. 
And a couple weeks ago, Taylor Swift was on Twitter accusing other celebrities, or not accusing, but begging other celebrities to kind of cut ties with yeah. their record. Yeah, and I am a personal hater of Taylor Swift, but I did... Well. St- <laughs> I just... It goes back to Harry Styles, and it's a long relationship. Don't all roads lead back to Harry Styles? <laughs> <laughs> yes, literally they do. So it comes from that. It's a relationship, but... I, her like notes app thing with like talking about Scooter Braun mm-hmm. I was like I kind of do feel bad for you like that's like actually crazy that you're not like she was just a young girl signing on to like a record deal and like this happens like mm-hmm. and now everyone's still working with him which yeah, yeah. like what and the it's fuck? music she wrote yeah. that's the biggest issue about yeah it. anything else that stood out to you notably about like pop culture this year Euphoria was also a big thing this year. Yes. I think that, like, because that was, like, this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was, like, a big thing that kind of, it's, like, one of the first shows that was so current with the times and, like, with, you know, the youth and, like, our age group. They had a trans person Oh yeah, as a cast member, like, on a hit TV show. When do you see that happen? Yeah. It's very interesting to me how we're kind of approaching this era of media and film entertainment where... We can have characters who are queer and trans. That's not their character. Yeah. It's just yeah, about yeah. the fact that they're that. And then mm. what have y'all seen in drag this ah. year? Oh. oh, I would say there's been like a billion seasons of Drag Race, mm-hmm. which like... <laughs> Nancy kinda... Pelosi was on it. Was that this year? Oh, my God. <laughs> she was a guest Hello? judge. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember seeing that tweet. My brain sort of exploding a little bit. Glitched. That's something. <laughs> That's something else. Please. Yeah, I think a one show that I've like... I got into a couple years ago, but it gained popularity and, like, budget this year was Dragula, mm. which is, like, because Drag Race, is, it's become such a, like, mainstream kind of standardized show that, like, there's so much other drag that people forget about. It's drag that's, like, horror, kind of gory, like, it's a much more diverse cast than just, like, you know, pretty blonde girl in, like, a that's nice good. dress. Did you wow. go to that lesbian haunted house that they did in Philly? I did not, but we reviewed it in street and I wish I had gone. Oh my gosh, I got, I saw like an ad for it, but what is the, what's the review? What was it like? So it's called Killjoy's Castle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of like this lesbian performance art piece reclaiming some of these haunted house tropes and sort of pressing on these conceptions of lesbians as scary or feminism is scary. But it was free, which was amazing uh, and accessible. And oh, really? I didn't realize. Yeah. I hope cool. they do it again next year because yeah. it would be really yeah. amazing to make that yeah, tradition. Yeah, it seemed really popular. I cannot talk about pop culture without talking about this. FKA Twigs Magdalene. <gasps> yes, yes, oh, art. yes. Art. That's an art piece. I mean. <laughs> okay, so the kid who lives above me wakes up in the morning around 10 a.m. with like this really loud speaker and for like weeks it was just Magdalene. <gasps> So I would wake up to this like ethereal sound of FK Twigs. Who wow. is he? I hear all of my friends who are black and are queer and have been tuning into FK Twigs for so long are like, this is her being herself. Yes. Like this is her growing and finally becoming more of herself mm. in her musical style and growing from pain and from difficult parts of her life where she was going through surgeries mm-hmm. and mm. coming out and mastering pole dancing, for example. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? The cellophane yeah. video. I mean, I'm very into process. I mean, I'm a writer, and I really like knowing how people create things. So listening to interviews with her, she's just, like, amazingly disciplined. And I, I love this idea of, like, the concept album. Her concept album is Mary Magdalene, sort of focusing it all around that point. And I just, I love that, that focus, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, like, 
the first song I heard, I remember, was, I think, Water Me, because that weird-ass music video, like, popped up, and I was like, <laughs> who the hell? And I was very much, like, the person that's like, I just want the pop up beat mm-hmm. kind of shit. So, at first, I was like, uh, eh, not my taste, but then Video Girl, yes. like, watching that and just listening to it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, she's yeah. onto something. Yes. So, like, I very much have learned to, like, appreciate her stuff. Like, I don't think I can listen to her stuff, like... A daily at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you should. Yeah, I should, but I'm not doing my duty. <laughs> but no, just like seeing her perform live. I just watched the other day. She did, I think, Home With You mm-hmm. um, on Late Night, whatever. And she fucking had a sword. Oh, She brought out a sword. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Kim Petros brought out a sword. Oh, and Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, my God. That's like a sword. Wow. She like oh she had a big year too actually right yes. yeah she Did went on she? Oh, what an album yeah no she's like I love that she like came into herself because before yeah. like Common maybe like whatever but like she knew. I would say her and then Charlie obviously had mm-hmm. a big yes. year Kim what are y'all's thoughts on Lizzo yes because I've heard a lot I've been a stand for a while so I like my Lizzo. my yeah. first time seeing her live was at the Foundry the day of Philly Pride I want to say three years ago. Oh wow! And it was like her most intimate concert according to her. She loved it. Aww. Her energy was electric. That's and so cool. It was very very like I loved that experience. And she kind of made the concert about the era of what was going on when pe- people were feeling unsafe going to concerts because like security issues and like mm-hmm. the shootings and the bombings and all of that. And she kind of just made it a point to make sure that we all felt safe and included in that space and to say that she hopes for the future to be more in that direction. Like people should be able to feel safe and like should be more loving and all of that. So from the start, before she was famous, she was still preaching all of these moralistic values that align with my own. And I love the way that that developed and she didn't let go of any of that. I mean, she had a Mm. huge year. Yeah. Yeah. I also just remembered like in terms of Twitter humor, you know who died this year? Oh, the that's on period love girl oh my god that not really died but the meme died the meme died oh <laughs> i thought she died oh my god no, no not love yeah love can't die yeah no. no she's alive but yeah the meme rest in peace but that was kind of crazy how like that literally went from that's the only way people talked for like a couple months yep and now it's like no like she it's like memes expire memes do expire memes expire Damn. Mm-hmm. She had her time a couple years ago, too, with the um, How Has Annie's Brewer Coke. Yes, that's been around. <laughs> There's also, like, a bunch of queer history that I feel like we, the three of us in this room, for, like, you know, various background reasons, just aren't very aware of. Like, of I think course. a lot of stuff happened in athletics, not just locally, mm. but nationally. Like, I've seen a few on the news wrestlers and MMA fighters, I want to say, who are transitioning and mm. have been allowed to compete. Mm with their gender. Wow. So there's this one wrestler, Mac Beggs, who came back from top surgery and then like got back into the game. And there are a lot of people who go through surgery and are not allowed to go mm-hmm. and right. compete with their gender, which is like fucked up. I think we saw that in the Olympics a, a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So th- a lot of that I think has been happening, which is great. And I think there's just so much history and stuff to go over, but there's also so much news that's happening like Mm-hmm. Now and always, I don't know, what are your news streams that you really like to get information from, especially when it's, like, more related to your communities? I mean, Twitter, right? I wouldn't say Twitter moments is my news source. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, in terms of just, like, what is going on in the world, I literally get all of my news from Twitter. 
<laughs> I love that so much. No deadass. That's what I do. For me, it's TikTok. I just wait I until the I have just trending. gotten into TikTok. Oh, oh my God. I spent mean. two and a half hours on TikTok last night instead of writing an essay <laughs> that is due tonight. <laughs> Perfect. We love that. That's my brain is mush. <laughs> my my friend Gianna, who was literally just on, yeah. um, we were talking about TikToks and how it's like very interesting that young gays are coming through. Mm. And I have another friend who just came out this year, and she was like, "I literally realized I was bi because of Butch TikTok." Like, so many butch women are on TikTok and have a giant presence. I will presence. say, butch women come up a lot in my feed. There we go. <laughs> the algorithm has got it. Um. <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> China, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> the bitch in question. The bitch in question. She was famous this year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, a lot was happening in the queer community, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Twitter was popping this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are we looking forward to for 2020, ladies? Ooh. Maybe new lore. <gasps> it's cooking. It's in the oven. It's definitely <laughs> cooking. I mean, she's slow roasting that one. Yeah, give her time. I know she's going through it right now, so I don't want to put pressure on her. But I would <laughs> love for there to be an album that lined up with our college graduation. We have things to hold us over until then, like songs for you, Tanache. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. she, 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 yeah, she. <laughs> exactly. According to Billboard, Tanache. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I'm ready for hairstyles album. Yes. yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. 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 Oh my god! And Jenny Lewis opening for him. That's really? Dallas. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, thank you so much for of coming course. on. This thank was you awesome. For me. Well, that was so much fun. I oh my gosh, that. that was such a crazy little episode. I'm so excited about what's gonna come. In the next season, in the mm-hmm. next year, in Love the next it. life to quote yeah. Kim Petras. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and tuning in and not canceling us yet. Yep. We're still waiting on Squarespace to come and sponsor. <laughs> Have a cozy winter break. We'll see you soon. You've just tuned into this episode of Bottoms on Top. Thank you to our guests from today's episode. Thank you to the Wexler Studio and Kelly Ryder's house. Thank you to our executive creative consultant, Sammy Gordon, our DP podcast producer, Sam Mitchell, the DP president, Julia Shore, our assistant editor, Evie Artis, and all of our lovely listeners. 